Hi ladies, welcome to Fit and Fortunate Mama, the podcast for moms tired of diets and ready to get fit with sustainable healthy habits. Today's topic is all about calories. Do they matter for the way you look? Do you need to count them? Spoiler alert, you don't. And what are better ways to be in shape without being a slave to a tracking app? But before we dive into the topic, I got a question from one of you on Instagram and I wanted to answer it here. Here it is. Hi Adelina, I found your podcast. I like how useful and step-by-step the advice is. If you don't mind me asking, I was just wondering what's the difference between listening to the information on the podcast and working with you? Good question, and I'm so happy you find the uh, podcast useful. So I talked recently on my Instagram about information not being the same as transformation. So just because we know the facts doesn't mean that we're actually going and implementing them in our lives. So of course, a coach is going to help you with the implementation. But I still thought about it after I got this question. And I can think of a few groups of moms that can be okay with just the free information on Instagram and the podcast, and some moms that can benefit fit more from working with a coach and signing up for my program. So here it is. The moms that are probably going to be okay with just the free information. First of all, if you are just starting your health and fitness journey, maybe it was not a priority for you before, or maybe you were slim before having kids and you didn't have to worry about exercise and what you eat. Whatever is the reason, if you are just starting out and you follow me on Instagram and this podcast, and maybe you follow a few other coaches that are aligned to the same sort of messaging. They use science-based, fact-based information. They're not going into extremes uh, such as diets, etc. So just listening to this advice because everything is so new to you. And even if you just implement a few things, you're still going to see a lot of improvement. The second group of moms that can probably benefit just from the free content is anyone who can describe themselves as a self-starter that has the self-motivation. No shame if you're not one of these people. We all have our good and also good qualities. But if you're someone that as long as you put a goal and you make a plan, you know that you're going to stick to it, then... The podcast is really good because it gives you a lot of step-by-step guides. Every episode basically tells you almost everything you need to know on the specific topic. So as long as you listen to it, you write it down and then you go uh, about your life and you implement it, you're going to be good on your own. And then moms that would, of course, benefit from the free information too, but might see better results if they actually sign up for a coaching program would be someone that has tried a lot of things during the years, different diets, counting calories, different classes, exercises, and you either don't see any results or you had results, but then you went back to your old ways and you're not able to keep up your progress. So someone like this would definitely benefit from having a coach, just someone that can tell you this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to change and just give you really guidance of why you're putting so much effort behind it, but you're not seeing results. The second group of moms that would benefit from a coaching program would be someone that has a difficult time implementing things on their own. Maybe in other areas of your life you do it, but for exercise and for eating healthy, you are really struggling with motivation. If you're someone that on Sunday says, okay, from tomorrow I'm starting a really consistent workout routine and then it's Thursday and you haven't done even one 
exercise, then definitely someone keeping you accountable will help with that. A few ways that my program helps my clients with this is we have bi-weekly calls where we coach on everything from mindset, what's blocking you of doing these things, why you don't have the motivation, what's your deep reason for doing this to just day-to-day challenges that you have and how to solve for this so you can be consistent with your program. We also have a weekly check-in form and also WhatsApp is a big one uh, for me and my clients for them to really get results. Uh, They know that they can message me anytime with any questions they have. I usually reply within a day. To be honest, I reply more often, but I say it's maximum within a day and it's really helpful to make decisions on the go and to get support and I'm also known for surprisingly dropping a message and I just say something like how is your week going and then they'll tell me everything did they follow the plan did they exercise did they not I don't ask them I just say how are you doing and they spew it all out but the feedback I have from my clients is that this is really helping them obviously in a not invasive way to keep them accountable and then by the end of the eight weeks then all of this is already a habit so then they can go on their own without this accountability and lastly moms who are really constrained on time or have specific lifestyle challenges. Now, there is no such thing as a mom who is not busy, but there are some ladies that are having it really difficult. I've had clients that work shifts. I've had clients that don't have help at home. So they work during the day, then they pick up their little one from daycare, and then obviously they continue with their responsibilities. I've had a client whose biggest problem was that she had to finish the leftovers from her boy, and he was a very picky eater. So this was a lot of leftovers, and it was completely messing up her eating routine. Uh, So for example, with her, we came up with recipes that can really support her, things that are easy, quick to cook, that he will like, she will like, and it's not going to be a problem for her to finish, etc. So whatever is your lifestyle challenge, you can really benefit from a plan that's made specifically for you. So not something off the shelf that is like a generic workout or generic meal plan that you follow for a few weeks and then it's going to be too difficult to incorporate in your life, but something very personalized that has you in the center and and your specific lifestyle. So while I was describing the last few groups, if you felt like, oh my God, she's talking about me, this is totally me, then I'll share in the end of the episode how we can work together. But now let's dive in the topic. Okay, colors, do they matter? Yes, they do matter for the way we look. It's not the full story as you'll find out in the episode, but broadly speaking, your body will depend on whether the calories that you eat through food are more or less than the calories that you use up as energy. Now, does this mean that we need to count those calories? No. In fact, I will prove to you in the next few minutes that counting calories is not just annoying, but it can give you the opposite effect. So first of all, counting calorie is really mentally draining. If you imagine yourself counting calories and tracking food for the rest of your life, then you're a different person than I am. Because for me, this sounds like a nightmare. So it's very emotionally and mentally consuming. But the worst part is that it's not sustainable. So you are starting this with the full knowledge that you're going to give up. I mean, it's it's going to be for a short period of time. So we're not talking here about establishing habits. We're talking about doing something for as long as we can keep it up, which is going to be a few mi- weeks. 
And as you find out in the next points, it's not even worth it. So you're doing something that's stressful. You're not going to keep it up and it's not worth it. Why is it not worth it? Because you cannot count calories precisely. It's literally impossible. First of all, let's talk about the calories that you take in. And we've mentioned this briefly in other episodes, so I'll go quickly. But there are two problems with counting calories from food. The first one is that if you eat anything packaged, the labels are not entirely accurate. You can be eating and imagining that you're consuming a certain number of calories and actually it can be up to 30% more. And also we talked about something called caloric availability, which is that depending on the kind of food you eat, like fats, protein, carbs, your body is actually absorbing a different percentage because for some foods like protein your body is burning calories while it's also digesting the food so the first argument against counting calories is that even if you're super precise and by the way a lot of people are not so that's another problem with counting how many calories you're eating you can never get to the exact count the second problem is that you can also not estimate precisely how many calories you're burning out if you look at the calories that you're burning from exercise also we talked in previous episodes that some of the devices and gadgets you're using can overestimate your burnt calories by as much as 45%. So imagine you've eaten a packaged food that's understating calories by 30% and then you're going to a workout and you think you're burning 45% more than you are. So this is almost doubling your calories already by 75% without even realizing it. So really why bother? And when we move away from exercise, it keeps getting worse. So the biggest percentage, like two thirds of the calories that you burn is actually by your body keeping you alive. You breathing, your heart beating, your brain working. And yes, there are calculators online based on your age, based on your level of activity, gender, that they can approximately tell you how many calories you're burning at the rest. But of course, it's not accurate. I mean, everyone is such a special individual and their body works in such a unique way. And then you have something which is neither your body functioning nor you doing a deliberate activity. So it's everything else that you just do in your daily life. And even fidgeting now, there is research showing that even people that fidget a lot, for example, my husband and my son, he picked up the same habit. I don't know if it's genetic, but he would not stop bobbing his um, foot up and down when he's sitting or working or studying in the case of my son. So even something like this can increase the calories that you burn by 10%. I'm not suggesting that now if you don't have this habit, you start bobbing your food. It's going to be really annoying and uncomfortable. But what I want to say is there are such amazing ways that the human body is expending calories that you cannot account for all of them. Okay, by this stage, if you are annoyed or confused, I don't blame you because I told you that calories are important for the way you look. But at the same time, I told you that it's a complete waste of time counting them. So you're probably wondering, okay, what what do I do? Luckily for you, I have my balance eating framework that I use with my clients with very good results and I've used for myself for years. And the reason this framework works is because it's sustainable. So it might not be as accurate 
as counting calories, even though we found out even counting calories is not accurate, but it works because if you decide that you care about your health and your appearance for the next few years or the next few decades, you can absolutely, after a few weeks of adapting to it, you can absolutely live like this. So the framework has four steps and I'm going to take you through all of them today, but don't worry about memorizing or writing them down because I have a free guide which already has a summary of all of them. It's called the balance eating for beginners. And if you haven't downloaded it before, I'm going to put the link in the description of the episode. And if you have downloaded it, it's still worth listening to this episode because the guide is just a summary. And obviously now we're going to dive into the details. I've also gotten some questions from some of you that are already using the guide. So I'm going to be addressing those also today. So listen up. The first step of the balance eating framework is the type of food. So here we are talking about whole foods or minimally processed foods versus highly ultra processed foods. So what's an ultra processed food? Well, it always comes in a pack, but just being packaged doesn't make it ultra processed. It has to have a very long list of ingredients and the ingredients would be things that you know don't exist in nature. Often there would be a combination of just random letters and numbers that don't mean anything to you or you might see something like stabilizers, emulsifiers, sweeteners, colorings. So all of this is a red alarm for ultra processed food. Now, there are two ways that ultra processed foods make you eat more. So again, the reason why we have this framework is because we want to reduce our calories naturally without counting them. So this is why we care if something is actually making us eat more calories like processed foods. So the two ways processed food is going to make you consume more calories is first of all, a lot of processed foods are designed in a way to make you want to eat more. One of my favorite studies is so scientists got two groups of people. And they gave them the same food to eat, but one was in a minimally processed or whole food form and the other one was in highly processed foods. So imagine one group would eat something like uh, grilled chicken breast with uh, mashed potato and the other group would take the exact same calories. So if the first group's meal was, I don't know, 400 calorie, the second group would eat 400 calories of the equivalent of, let's say, fried chicken from a fast food chain with maybe potato chips uh, in a bag. So they both consume the exact same food. They're going to consume the exact same amount of calories, but one would eat it in whole form and the other one would eat the packaged or the ultra processed alternative. And then they were free to eat anything else that they want, but they had to consume these meals that the scientists designed for them. So what happened is the group that was eating the whole foods was feeling full and satisfied and they rarely had to snack or take a second serving. And the group that was eating the processed food was always wanting more. They either needed a second serving or they needed to snack shortly after they've had the meal. And then obviously over time, the second group uh, was gaining weight. So this is the first way that ultra processed foods are making you consume more calories. And the second problem with ultra processed food is that it's really messing up with your gut bacteria and then it's messing up with your hormones. You have hormones in your body that are telling you whether you're full or whether you're hungry. And over time, if these hormones stop functioning properly, this is when you don't know when to stop. And then you just keep on eating and eating and consuming more calories. So the first step of the framework is as much as possible 
choose Whole Foods or if you're out and about on the go, there are still a lot of options for clean packaged foods. And if you're not sure, you can message me on Instagram. I have a list of things that I buy. I don't mind sending some photos. Maybe I'll do a post later on about this. So even if you stop the episode right now and you don't listen to any of the other steps, which I don't recommend because they're also very good, you're still going to see a huge improvement just by prioritizing whole foods. Step number two of the framework is how you combine the different food groups, which is protein, carbs, and fats. You might have heard of macro tracking or macro counting. This is the same principle, which is that for the way we look and the way we feel, it matters what's the proportion of protein versus carbs and fats. But again, we are not going to count or write down or track anything with this framework. So you're getting the benefit of macro tracking without actually having to track anything. And how do you do that? You have a minimum or maximum number of meals on which you put a certain group. This sounded complicated. <laughs> Give me a second to explain it. So starting with protein, you need to have protein with every single meal. I've already talked about protein in the fat loss versus weight loss episode and you hear a lot about protein in this podcast. It doesn't mean that you only eat protein because by the way I've done it and I ended up with a terrible hormonal imbalance. I'm not saying eat only protein. I'm saying protein is very important. You have to have a big quantity of it in your days and you have to have it on every single meal. Next up it's low carb vegetables. So we want to have low carb vegetables at least two times a day. So let's say your lunch and your dinner, or even if you want to add some low carb vegetables with your breakfast, if you're having eggs, for example, that's not going to hurt. And if you're wondering what's a low carb vegetable, very loose guideline is just think about vegetables that grow above the ground and then vegetables that grow under the ground like carrots or potatoes are going to be the higher carb vegetables. So low carb vegetables, we want to have at least two times a day. And then carbs, which is going to be the high carb vegetables, the fruits or grains such as quinoa, oats, we want to have this two times a day. And lastly, healthy fats, avocado, seeds, olives, we want to have at least once a day. Now, you should not be hungry. This is not about restricting yourself. This is not about being on a diet. These are generic averages and guidelines. So if you feel hungry after the day of food I just described, you start adding more food starting from the top. So first you add more protein. If you're still hungry, then you add more vegetables, then more carbs, then more fats. But don't be hungry, please. This is not the intention. We don't want to be on a diet. I promised you this framework you can do for years and years and you cannot survive years if you feel hungry and irritable all the time. Okay, now that you have your macros, step number three is you need to pay attention to the quantities that you eat. And again, we're going to do an approximation. So the protein that you're eating on every single meal needs to be approximately the size of your palm, including your fingers. So if you tell someone stop and you put your hand up, the whole hand that you see, that's the palm with the fingers is your protein size. Now, ladies, don't go obsessing about the exact sizes. Again, this is an approximation, so you don't have to count or track. I have a friend, she knows who she is. She messaged me and she was like, my hands are so small. I'm going to be so hungry if I follow this framework. That's okay. Again, 
it's very, very unlikely that you're going to over it on protein, especially, and I'm talking lean protein, not protein with a lot of fatty processed foods, etc. Lean protein, very difficult to over it on. So if you want to put a palm and a half, two palms, whatever would keep you full and not eating other things which are not good for you, that's okay. Then the low carb vegetables are going to be, if you put them in a plate next to the protein, they're going to be the same size as the protein. The carbs are going to be visually in your plate half of the size of the protein and the healthy fats are going to be one third of the carbs. And again, we follow the same thing that we said in the previous step. If you are still feeling hungry, but not hungry because you're serving your favorite food or you're in front of the TV and you feel like chewing more, no hungry, like you're actually hungry, then you start again increasing first the protein portion, then the low carb veggies portion, etc. So you can increase your food until you find a balance where you're about 80% full. So you feel satisfied. You don't feel the need to eat more, but you're also not overeating and feeling too heavy and full after a meal. The last and fourth step from the framework i'm gonna give you a disclaimer it's not mandatory to do i mean none of this is mandatory but the other three steps let's say are more important the fourth step is also important but it's a little bit more demanding you you'll hear in a minute so if you can try to do it at least on majority of the days without stressing out too much about the days that you don't do it you're still gonna see better results and this step is timing your carbs around your workouts so, for example, if you work out in the morning, then your carbs are going to be in your breakfast and your lunch. And if you work out after work, the carbs are going to be in the afternoon snack and the dinner and then the rest of the meals. You're going to have more protein, more low carb veggies, more fats. So, again... If this is too demanding for you, definitely start with the other three steps first and then see if you can also add this on. But if you cannot and it feels too stressful, the only thing I would suggest is if you ever want to have treats, then at least try to have them around your workouts because majority of treats are going to be high carb, uh, high sugar. Or if you're going out and you know that you're going to indulge on a lot of carbs, maybe you're going to a pizza place or you're going to a friend's house and they're going to cook pasta, then try to balance this on your other meals. For example, if you're going out in the evening and you know your dinner is going to be very carb heavy, then try for lunch maybe to have salmon with some salad, just balance your other meals that they have more fat, protein and low carb veggies. Alright ladies, that's it. The four step framework for balanced eating that allows you to get in shape without having to count your calories. Don't forget that if you want the guide which has a summary of everything I discussed, you can find the link in the episode notes. Now, if you enjoyed this, if you found it useful, if you were like, oh my god, why was I wasting my time and my energy counting calories when I can do this, I would love it if you can share this episode with a friend. This podcast is new. It's still a baby. So the more people can listen to this messaging, I'm hoping that eventually less women would feel the need that they have to do fat diets and really risk their health. So if you can help me with this message by spreading it around to your friends, by sharing this or one of the previous episodes, this would be amazing and I'm going to be so grateful. 
If you listen to the beginning of the podcast and you felt that you fall in one of the groups of women that need professional support, that need to hire a coach and sign up for a program. And again, these groups were if you've tried a lot of different things, if you don't have the motivation to do it on your own, or if you're very pressed on time and have specific challenges in your days, then I invite you to book a free discovery call with me. What happens during the discovery call is that you share all of your issues, your goals, And then I give you a step-by-step plan of what we're going to focus on to solve your problem and reach your goals if we work together. And then you make a decision if you want to sign up for the eight-week personalized coaching program. If you want to book the call, you can go again to the episode description and there will be a link to my website, which is fitandfortunatemama.com, where you can book your call. And of course, always, I would love it if you message me on Instagram, if you have questions that you want me to cover in future episodes, if you want to ask me anything on the information we covered today. I love connecting with you. So keep the messages coming. Have a great week ahead.